the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Welcome to hour two of tonight's Andrea K Show. It's Taco Tuesday. It's Election Day Tuesday, as well as the fact that that means that my favorite attorney with the wacky laws and the news you can use is back with us tonight. But before I bring on Gary Quackenbush, I got to remind everybody that I've got the freshest vegetable out there with me every night of the week, sitting in the, uh, uh, what's it called? Riding shotgun with me. It is the spicy, always tasty. Tasty little morsels of sesame broccolini. I love me some sesame broccolini. This guy, fiery like a dragon. Like a dungeon dragon. High heat. Sesame broccolini. It's good to be here. Yes, I'm glad to have you here. Now I've got you and the also equally tasty morsel of news you can use. Fresh back from his trip in high wire, as my mama would call it, Hawaii, is the aforementioned, the aforementioned attorney, Gary Quackenbush. Hello, my friend. Hello, Andrea. Thank you very much for welcoming me back from Hawaii. But you know the thing about being in Hawaii? When you're mm-hmm. on your way back, people say, oh, where are you from? I say, I'm going home to San Diego. And they go, oh, I'm going home yeah. to San <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. It's almost embarrassing, right, when you're coming back from a place. Like I had the same thing happen when I was flying back from Mexico in uh, February. People were like, oh, where are, you, where are you heading back to? San Diego. And they're like, Pfft. Please. It's like, then they don't even want to talk to you. <laughs> then you get the stink eye. <laughs> That's right. Oh, no, I'm but not I do love to Hawaii. live there. Yeah, I do love Hawaii. Quickly before we move on, I know you were not actually on the island of Maui, but is there anything you can tell us in terms of the mood? I'm glad you went there because whether it's Maui or another island, it all helps uh, Maui indirectly. They're mm-hmm. all tied together. What can you tell us? What was the mood over there? The um, they love visitors. <laughs> That's ninety percent of their income now. And we're on Kauai, right. and um, we went to like the first day we went to um, oh no, Hanapepe, which is a little town. And then they always they they had booths where they're saying you know raise come here and buy you know banana lumpia from this booth or whatever, and we'll give the proceeds to um, to Maui. So there were, oh, there each day there was something going on where they said, you know, we're trying to raise money for Maui, raise money for Maui. Cause saying, no, this Good. is our sister Island. But yeah, there's a lot of that, you know, just really kind of enthusiastic, like, 
hey, you know, we'll we'll send our proceeds there. This is 100% for them. There were some charitable organizations that were just raising money for Maui. And so mm-hmm. people were just like throwing down the money. It's like, you know, this is free. It's like, how much is this? They said, no, it's it's free. You just can have a donation jar. And people are just throwing in 20 bucks and getting a banana lumpia, which you know, should have been like a buck. So it was really cool. It was really cool. They're, they're reaching out and it's all over the place, you know, help rebuild Maui. They're going to rebuild it. It'll be good. Yes. Well, I hope yeah. so. Um, people who know me well know Hawaii is probably my favorite place on earth. And Kauai is my favorite island. There's just something special about it. I love the people, the local culture, mm-hmm. uh, the food. I mean, I eat my weight in Kahlua pig when, I, uh, when I'm over there because it's kind of <laughs> like our Kushan Delay in New Orleans. I just love everything about, about Hawaii. And so uh, I plan to make a trip over there to Maui so that I can, you know, help help do do my share to help rebuild it. All right. Glad to have you back, my friend. But now it's time for some giggles. Did you have you had any chance since you've been back to because I've been missing it. I've been kind of jonesing for the wacky, uh, the quack and the whack of the wacky legal stories. Well, I've got. So the funny thing is, I actually have. I mean, I was I have a friend that sends me stuff. I was laughing my face off, but it's not wacky stories. Those are I have some like old people jokes. Cause you know, I'm an old people, but, um, so I did find some really interesting laws and there, and these are both California. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, th- you know, me, I, I love tongue in cheek. I love the fact that our legislature sets up laws that are super important that help us to be <laughs> better, better people and live right. <laughs> Yes, so San Jose, exactly what they're trying to do when you reported about that, you can't, t- what was it that you can't tie your kangaroo, not your kangaroo, you can't, your camel or, or your, uh-huh. the, we don't have camels here. What was it? It was your giraffe or something your on giraffe. your front lawn, on your spruce tree or something. <laughs> yeah. I mean, cause those are they're super just always thinking of us. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that's why I think San Jose has done a really good job in some of their, you know, their city municipal codes. They, you know, somebody took the time and probably spent, you know, mm-hmm. millions of dollars getting this on the ballot, but they actually did some legislature that allows you to have certain combinations of cats and dogs in your house legally. So you can have no dogs and five cats, one adult dog and four adult cats, two adult dogs and three adult cats or three adult dogs and two adult cats. So that's it. You can't have, um, you know, you can't have one cat and four dogs. So that's it. So if you're going to have five animals, you can have three adult dogs and two adult cats, but don't, you know, if one of them dies (laughs) for crying out loud, you're going to be arrested probably. So I thought that was really nice of them to be able to control that. And then while they're at it, while they're at it, they came up with another law and this Mm -hmm. one, I mean, this is really smart, though. I think this is whoever thought of this. I thought, oh my gosh, that is freaking genius. There's a law where you can't use a sandbox as an ashtray. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad they're legislating that kind of stuff. <laughs> Well, why not? Because it would put out the cigarette and then and then if the ciggy didn't get all the way, you know, put out extinguished, then the cat's going to come along and finish it off. I mean, I don't (laughs) see the problem here. I know. I just, you know, there you go. I mean, they're just trying to take care of animals. So there's not animal overpopulation in your house. And Mm -hmm. um, that, you know, if... (laughs) Well, if let me ask you this before we moved on. Now, okay. there's some mega, there's some McMansions going on up in that area. I mean, what, what if you've got a 10,000 square foot house? Are you still restricted to the five animals? Three dogs, two cats. 
Wow. But you can't have four dogs and one cat? No. Five adult cats. Oh, you can have four cats. and No, you can't have four dogs. They're, I mean, the three dog was the limit. Three dogs. But if you had three dogs, you can so have two cats. three dog night. So it's a three dog night situation I think. Here. I think that's what it is. I think it goes back to our rock and roll days. I really do. Three dog yeah. night. <laughs> three dog night, two cats. I mean, they, they, they don't say what gender. I mean, what if you have three adult dogs and they're a mixed, you know, mixed, you know, male, female and same with the cats. And then when they breed, then what? <clears throat> Yeah, this is just all so strange to me. And you know what? And and I love these segments because we're going to get into some actual news you can use here in a moment, people. But, uh, you know, with all the craziness going on in our courts, like the 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 uh, the insanity going on in a New York City courtroom right now with Donald Trump, the craziness in the courts didn't necessarily start now or, you know, uh, or in in terms of our, our our laws. Okay, Um, you know that we've had we've had wacky laws on the books and these are and and when you're bringing us these wacky laws, they're still on the books. Right. Yep. These are actual laws that were approved and put in the books. Yep. Mm -hmm. They're written in. Super cool. All right. So Mm -hmm. let's get into some new news. We're talking to Gary Quackenbush of GQ Law. You guys listen to him every day at 2 p.m. here. Word on Wealth. Um, I always think of you when we lose a major celebrity and I'm still heart, I'm still heart sick over the loss of Matthew Perry. Obviously I did not know him personally, but I believe that I heard a stat the other day that more people saw him and his work than almost every major movie star in history because of the reach of the TV show friends. And to me, when you leave leave a legacy of laughter, uh, and there was never any negative about him that anybody ever r- reported on personally. When you leave a legacy of laughter, which picks people up in tough times, that's that's you've you've done a good job in, in, as a human being. And so I've been sad about it. And 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 then I also was surprised to find out that his stepfather, since he since he was twelve, before he he got addicted to drugs and alcohol is probably one of my favorite humans in terms of uh, his work is Keith Keith Morrison from Dateline NBC. I have oh. been such a huge fan of Keith Morrison's for many, many years. Uh, I don't want to live in a world where Keith Morrison is not doing Dateline NBC anymore, my, some of my favorite true crime episodes. And I got to, then I got to thinking, um, was there contention going on? Uh, he has left... A, a huge estate, mm-hmm. including a foundation, including Perry House, which was a rehabilitation clinic that he started using his own private home in Malibu. What kind of estate planning must have taken place for that situation to be? It's one thing for people to have to do proper estate planning when their their estate is worth five million, but he earned at least a hundred million dollars during his friend times, owned many many properties, foundations. I mean, what kind of mess? I haven't heard of a mess that he left, but it could have been a real mess with that complicated kind of estate. Yes. Yes. I mean, anytime you get up into the, you know, 100, he's what, 120, 150 million dollar estate. I mean, he was worth a lot of money. He did a lot. He had, you know, residuals from different shows and things. This, it's very, very complicated. And so he'd have to have some pretty advanced estate planning. And there's nothing in the news rags like, oh, he didn't have a will or trust. But he would have – I'm sure there's there's a lot more complications because um, if if with an estate 
that size, there's going to be, there's taxation. There's a lot of issues to deal with. You know, anytime it's over like 15 million, um, yeah, if it's over like, you know, 12, 15 million dollars, it's going to be taxed. The government's going to end up getting about 40% of anything over $15 million. So there has to be a lot of, usually there's going to be a lot of liquidation. There's going to be you know, evaluations. But, but, but could things. that have been avoided with, with trust? It could no. Most of that could not be unless he like given it away as gifts before he passed away. So a lot of that is just going to end up being taxed. But mm. when you get into an estate that size, some of the planning that you have is like when you pass away, what monies, you know, what would be available, what would be liquid, what are ways to make it so that there is money available to like pay on those taxes. Some people do like irrevocable life insurance trusts, or you have a certain amount of money that's put away to the side so that um, it, when you pass away, that's money that's available. But there's going to be, there's going to be huge estate taxes that have to be paid. There's nothing that you can really do about it. Um, you know, and then as far like, you know, he, he has a, a, a pretty complicated family from what I understood. It wasn't, you know, he has like, um, like, half siblings and step siblings. And so a lot of it is really going to be what happens to your money? Who does it go to? Do you, does it all go to kids? Does that ruin the child? Do you now give some to kids and some to charities? And I think it would be, it's going to be kind of interesting, I think, to see what he did. Um, well, he you know, didn't have kids of his own. He, he didn't have kids of his own. Um, and, and he's, and his parents are divorced and I don't mm -hmm. know, you know, how contentious that might be. Um, because he's, I mean, Keith Morrison is very successful, but his dad's career, I don't know, you know, there's a, there's a lot we don't know. And it's just a mm -hmm. reminder of what we need to be doing because it, 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 you don't have to have an estate that's worth over $150 million for it to leave a mess behind. No, it's it, it what I've been, you know, things I've been going through is like, you have this thing. And I remember the documentary that we were talking about facing death, where you have mm. doctors that are saying, you know, the, the burden that you leave when you die, the burden that you leave for your family when you haven't decided what you want before you die, the family's going to have to decide what you wanted and they're going to be guessing. And what happens is there's a lot of problems. I mean, if it's even if it's your healthcare directive, like you're in critical condition and we don't know whether to remove life support or not, there's going to be a battle in the family over remove life support, keep life support on. He's here. He's not here. Um, and if there's no, you know, properly done mm -hmm. plan, it's, there's going to be a lot of mess. Like, well, what did he, what was his intention? Mm -hmm. And when you get a situation like, you know, with Matthew Perry, this great guy that's left a lot of laughter and stuff for people, it, it, it would, if his estate is planned out, I mean, he does have, you know, he doesn't have his own children. And then it, it just, it could be this, mess that goes on for, you know, six or eight years, but mm -hmm. it could be done, you know, more handsomely where there's going to be charitable, you know, charities involved and charitable contributions and different donations. And, and he could, he could have planned on Who knows? I mean, some people with well, that much money create like charities and the charities are a tax deduction. So you don't have to give it all to the government. You give it to charities instead. And right. He's, he had payments. started a foundation. One of the things I'm actually going to get his book, his memoir, because he had been in the hospital um, many, many times and almost died. His colon burst, and he ended up on a machine called an MCO machine. And I just have to wonder, during all of these times where he was literally on death's door many, many times, that he had to have had a medical directive and a lot of legal help. And I'm very curious as to what went on in these situations because he didn't have a spouse and he didn't have children. 
and his his mother and his and his and stepfather uh, were involved, and as well as mm-hmm. his regular dad. And so, you know, I don't mean to sound morbid. Y'all know this is the kind of stuff that fascinates me. Yes, I watched Facing Death, uh, you know, on YouTube. It's a channel I watch, and you know, because this is life, and these are things that we all have to deal with. And it's it, and it's important part of life, and it's a, an important part of being a, a responsible uh, person is to is to handle all this. And the more you have, the more tricky and more complicated it becomes, and the more that you need to do. But then, at the same token, it's almost as though the less you have, it's even it's it, it's equally important, if not more, because your family you're leaving behind won't necessarily have the resources. Uh, exactly. t- to deal with it all. Gary Quackenbush, mm-hmm. we're well past the point of needing to go to a break. How do people get a hold of you? <laughs> Um, go to my website, gqlaw.com, gqlaw.com. All right. Glad you're back from Hawaii, man. Glad you didn't Thank overeat you. on the Kahlua pig. They were able to fly okay. you back. And glad to have you here with us. All right. All right okay, my have friend. a good one. Thank you. Thanks, honey. Okay. Take care. All right. We're going to take a break. We come back. We got more to talk about. Is there some election results? Maybe. Stay tuned. Andrea Kay, telling you like it is, while eating a donut, too. It's the Andrea Kay Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea Kay Show. Going to read a couple emails here. Love you guys so much for emailing me. And uh, if you want to, it's in Andrea Kay Show. <laughs> What's up with my tongue tonight? You okay? okay? <laughs> <laughs> and I've had enough coffee. In fact, let me have another sip. Maybe you know what's much. the best time about this time of year? I'm not. I love. I've already. I'm already stocking up. It's peppermint and mocha peppermint flavored coffee. I don't know why it's not sold year round. I don't know why it's only sold during holiday time. Y'all can keep your spi- pumpkin spice business. I'm all about the peppermint coffee that happens during this time of year. All right. So here's Mo. Send me an email. Email me at andreacasio.com. This was last night. Happy Monday. Great segment. Could have listened all night. Great info. Uh, my jaw fell to the ground when I watched President Trump's attorney let that ugly, and I do mean ugly, D.A., not to mention that judge's behavior throughout all of us and let us know what transpired. Um, Dana Lash and Gretchen Whittier looks like Paul Bunyan in a suit. Oh, Dana Lash said Gretchen Whitmer looks like Paul Bunyan in a suit, LOL. Uh, I'm with you on this insane time change. Despise it. Figured it out. If we have more daylight, we might be able to save a penny or two. Not going to happen. I'll get back to you. Have a good night. And then Frankie sent me a bunch of Instagram reels and YouTubes I got to look at. Keep sending those, Frankie. I'll give them a looky. Frankie also said, um, where did you go, Frankie? Mm-mm-mm. Shoot. I, am, I don't know. I know. I've got so many emails here. 
Houston. Frankie says, I'm uh, awesome show. I missed about 15 or 20 minutes of hour two. I hate it when that happens. Heard all your hour one. That never happens, AK. I did catch the tail end of the $600 car revenge thing. (laughs) (laughs) I guess I'll have to wait on the recorded version. Big old hugs, homegirl, hug Gator 2, sweet dreams. That had to do with a dude who bought a $600 car, parked it at the airport, let it rack up 100K in parking tickets for his girlfriend. Okay, so here's uh, another email from Mo. She says, sick of hearing flabby-lipped. Anisha Talisha's crying that they're human too. Wrong. Anyone believe in that is dumber than she is. I think this was, uh, we got some clips to play for you guys from the, uh, the arguing today, the debate over the censuring of Rashida Talib. She says, anyone believe in that is dumber than she is. This chip dude is worming out of voting against censuring. You know who what's up with chip Roy. You know, I mean, she goes, he needs to save his breath. The U.S. doesn't want to sell weapons to Israel, question mark. Do you know nothing about SDG&E placing a flat rate on utilities on top of their regular bill? Did I hear that wrong? We got to look into that, Sesame Broccolini. I had not heard that. I wouldn't be surprised. I knew that they were flat rate billing people that had gone to solar solar panels because one way or another, they got to get money out of people. Um, anyway, she says, I'm not sure if I'm done yet because <laughs> she's gone on and on. Um, had you heard anything about that with SDG E doing a flat rate on top of the regular bill? No, I hadn't, but I want to hear more because, uh, they just keep raising prices and raising prices every single year. Um, and they're squeezing people in this town. They really are. They mm-hmm. are a de facto monopoly and they know it. And that's why they act mm-hmm. like it. Yeah. Um, I want to, instead of going right to the sound bites from the debate today, which there should be no debate. There should be no debate when a U.S. congresswoman is calling for, is spewing anti-Semitic rhetoric and actually chanting and using the rhetoric of terrorist. Not to mention the fact that Rashida Tlaib employed three people or had three staffers with fundraising ties to Hamas. That should have her in Gitmo, let alone in a seat of Congress. Before I play that, I want to play you a clip from a family member today. The Republican Party actually brought some family members of those being held captive right now by terrorists. And one of them had a message today. He's a man whose brother was taken hostage by Hamas. And he spoke today and gave a warning to the U.S. And I think it's more important to hear from him first before we hear from Rashida Tlaib and her terrorist-enabling cohorts in the Democrat Party. Sesame Broccolini, if you can play that clip. And this is a wake-up call, not only for Israel, not only for the Jewish community. This is a wake-up call for all of you you here, all of America, all of Europe. You are next. You are next. And we should do everything that we can to stop these atrocities. Yeah, we are next. In fact, have they really even stopped? It, it, the, the, the terrorism, the, the Islamic Jihad against Western civilization, Israel and the United States, did not begin with 9-11 and it did not end with 9-11. It didn't even really begin with American hostages being held for 444 days, what, in 1979? 
The attacks on Jews certainly didn't begin on October 7 of 2023. And what has been our government's response to 9-11, the response to October 7, 2023, all the other Islamist, Islamic Jihad terrorist attack against us, to apologize to them, to warn Americans against Islamophobia, to bring these terrorist and terrorist sympathizers into our country and put them on the taxpayer dole and give them seats in Congress. That's what we've done. Right now, Americans are missing, dead in a terrorist attack, and the Biden administration has been asking for a pause and for a ceasefire and launching crap like the Islamophobia program. I am going to play some clips just of this, this, quote, debate happening on the floor of Congress today when there should be no debate. I'm going to begin with Representative Dingle, Dingbat, as she defends Rashida Tlaib tweeting from the river to the sea, which is a call to destroy the state of Israel. It is a call to kill Jews. But here is what Debbie Dingbat had to say today about that on the floor in defense of it. American and every other member of this body has. And this resolution is an attack on that fundamental right. I spent all weekend in Michigan this last weekend talking to all the communities about the meaning of this phrase. And there are very strong feelings on all sides. And it's very clear that people interpret words in different ways. Personally, I choose not to use a phrase that is offensive to some and that many perceive as a threat. But I also take seriously living in a country that does not respect, restrict Lady's time has expired. Free speech. Oh, free speech. See, it's see, free speech is always okay, right? When it's Farrakhan calling Jews termites, right? Or when they're calling for the deaths of of Jews, then then free speech is okay. Now, if you're a Christian and you say that you believe uh, marriage should be between a man and a woman, that's hate speech, right? Sesame. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is friends of the regime can say whatever they want, do whatever they want, enemies of the regime. So Christians, Catholics, conservatives, straight white males or white females, you're not allowed to do anything out of line. And even if you're staying within the bounds of the law all the time, you still have the book thrown at you, i.e. everything that's going on with Donald Trump. Nothing going wrong at all legally, but he still has the book thrown at him. Uh, Meanwhile, people in Congress are calling for genocide. And look, This whole idea, this whole argument, strong feelings. I'm sure the Nazis had strong feelings, okay? Mm -hmm. That's not an argument for tolerating that kind of rhetoric. It really is not a good justification. Um, There is no justification. So it's it's just so surprising to me that we can't all unequivocally condemn what happened a month ago. Um, Mm -hmm. And I'm afraid that this, this guy issuing a warning, I'm afraid that he's right that we are opening the doors to this. It's in Washington, D.C. We see it with the riots over the weekend. We see it coming across the border. The, the, the territory is for the taking. There is nobody at the, at the steering wheel in this country anymore. Um, and the DHS is nowhere, by the way. And the FBI, it doesn't seem like they uh, are even on the ball at all when it comes to preventing one of these attacks. And this global day of jihad, it's not going anywhere. The call is every, it's not a single day. It's, it's a new modus operandi. Mm-hmm for everybody within the free Palestine world by any means necessary. It's exactly there. You all, all of these modern day free, you know, anti-Israelite anti-Semitic people, um, 
like you say, partnering with, with Democrats and progressives, they're using the same rhetoric that Malcolm X used. They're using the mm-hmm. same rhetoric that people like Jeremiah Wright use. Uh, they're using the same rhetoric that we hear from the Biden administration every single day. The West is evil. It's systemically oppressive. It benefits only white people. It must be taken down. They will use that argument they, yeah. to destroy what we have. Right. And the Democrats are so stupid that they don't realize that in the end, yep. the Muslims are going to kick them out of the car. Okay. <laughs> Wait, you mean that they're not having Pride Month in Tehran? No, no. Are you sure? Okay. In the end, what's going to be left in the game plan as they as they take over this country, the Democrats and their partners, the Islamic terrorists. Uh, in the end, the the Islamic terrorists are going to turn to these Democrats, much like the communists turn to the useful idiots and line them up against the wall and shoot them first. The Islamists are going to turn to the Democrats and say, "Thank you for doing our job for us." Um, now, you know, we're going to toss you off the rooftop of a building or stone you to death. Okay. Because there is no compatibility. There is nothing but conquest at the end game for Islamic Jihad. They hate us and they hate every Democrat. You did they? And and how can you know that they're going to do that? Because they stood at the gates of the white house screaming F Joe Biden. Yep. Yes. And Allahu Akbar. They would cut his throat in a second. They are here in this country, this Islamic ideology, and we've got to be brave enough to call it out for what it is. I am tired of hearing even conservatives refer to the Israel-Hamas war. This, we are in a war against Islamic Jihad. It's a clash of civilizations, and we either admit it and get in it to win it, or we might as well realize that it's all about us paying the, the, the what is it, the Jizya tax? down the road. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to continue this discussion on the other side. Email me at andreakshow.com. AK, dynamite in a dress, or just Andrea K. Whatever you call her, she's on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. I read an email earlier um, from Mo about Rashida Tlaib crying today. Uh, I feel like we have to play a little bit of this because it just really galls me and makes me wish that I could snatch her bald, as we say in the South. Um, it, 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 if we where half the country our founders envisioned, she'd be run out of rail with some pitchforks. Would she not, Sesame Broccolini? 100% in a heartbeat. Not even a question. Yep. Let's play a little bit of her crying. Of course, you're not going to be able to see this, um, but as she begins her crocodile tears, Ilhan Omar, who is who came to the country as a refugee uh, and in a um, immigration fraud scheme after marrying her brother, that Ilhan Omar. Let's play the clip. And anti-Semitism makes us all less safe and worry that your own child might suffer the horrors that six-year-old Wadiat did in Illinois. I can't believe I have to say this, but Palestinian people are not disposable. She's being comforted right now. by We are human beings. Just like anyone else, my city 
My grandmother, like all Palestinians, just wants to live her life with freedom and human dignity we all deserve. Speaking up to save lives, Mr. Chair, no matter faith, no matter ethnicity, should not be controversial in this chamber. The cries of the Palestinian and, ch Palestinian and Israeli children sound no different to me. Why? What? I don't understand. Is why the cries of Palestinians sound different to you all. We cannot lose our shared humanity, Mr. Chair. I can't listen to this anymore. I am really beginning to, my blood is beginning to boil. If the Palestinians wanted to be free and live in peace, then they need to stop killing Israeli children. And the Palestinians over there are responsible for this. They voted in Hamas. They continue to support an organization that's taking in hundreds of millions of dollars from the United States and using it to kill Israeli children. And what she wants is dead Israelis. She wants the state of Israel to no longer exist. And I'm sick and tired of terrorists in this country using our freedoms and using our, our First Amendment rights and Second Amendment rights, our, all of our protections that are afforded in the U.S. Constitution to rip a constitution out from under us and to replace it with the Quran. She has no business being anywhere near the halls of Congress. And I'm sickened that no Republican stood up and said that to her face. Instead, what we heard was more of this kind of crap. Here's Cori Bush. I don't even want to play Cori Bush. She stood up and did her. It's outrageous. And she's just being attacked because she's a black woman. I am just disgusted with where the U.S. government is at this point. I hate that there's any innocent person being killed right now in Gaza. But you know what? That happens in war. And if the Palestinian people didn't want war, they needed to, to not participate in it. And by supporting the killing and slaughtering of Jews. Israel has a right to defend itself. Just like the United States has a right to defend ourselves. And when we do so, and when there's war, innocent people die. That's the reality. Hamas has continued to say that their goal is to destroy the state of Israel. Rashida Tlaib has joined in that by tweeting out from the river to the sea. I'm not interested in her tears. She's a terrorist supporter. And she needs to be expelled from Congress. And if we had a Republican Party, that's what would be happening. Your thoughts, Sesame Broccolini? I just can't stand this whole performative, emotional, take a deep breath and a pause. It's just, mm -hmm. it's unprofessional. It just, you lose me as, as soon as you try to use these emotional arguments. And that's, mm -hmm. what, the, that's what Democrats rely on. That's their go-to is pull on people's heartstrings in order to, ju to justify supporting a genocidal cause. This is a reign of terror that's going on right now. Um, mm -hmm. And you can sugarcoat it all you want. You can try to couch it in these pious platitudes about how every single life matters. Um, and obviously that's true. Nobody's saying that that's not true. Um, no, but they don't think Jews, Jews, but the point, that's the, the problem, problem, right? Is, is the inconsistency they've, they've proven yeah. that they don't believe that Jews have a right to live. Bingo. That, and that's why we're even having this conversation. It's, it's exactly what you see in the rules for radicals playbook. Accuse your opponents of doing exactly what you're doing because she doesn't listen to the tears of Jewish babies. She's not interested in reading about the atrocities in Israel. Um, and we know this for a fact. She is, if you want to silence Rashida Tlaib, ask her to condemn Hamas. 
because that's that's what that, no one's really trying to silence her. That's the real crux of the issue. Mm-hmm. So it's it's such a self serving, um, melodramatic display of what feels like just vanity and narcissism um i'm not even sure if she really cares about the people that she's pretending to care about um in all honesty i i I just don't buy any of it um all right we're gonna uh i do have some breaking news andy Bashir did win uh the kentucky gubernatorial race yes he did so we have that result to share with you guys All right. Uh, That's unfortunate. We're going to take a break. When we come back, shift gears, final results. I mean, final segment of tonight's Andrea K. Show. Don't go away. Andrea K. Telling you like it is while eating a donut, too. It's the Andrea K. Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. Uh, during the break, uh, DJ Sesame Broccolini was like, so did you just get distracted? You just kind of, yeah, I did get distracted because all of a sudden as we were talking, I look over and I see a headline that uh, Andy Bashir won the Kentucky gubernatorial race. And so it was like a little punch in the gut there. Uh, not good. Um, but anyway, we're going to continue on here because people are continuing today to talk about the manifesto that was, uh, leaked yesterday. The, uh, the F, the Memphis police department initially came out with some really bizarre, ridiculous, uh, comments about it. Oh, we don't know if that's part of, and finally they verified it today. And you have some more information in regards, uh, to that Sesame Broccolini. Yeah, well, reportedly, the very progressive Nashville mayor has made it his mission to find whomever leaked this little bit of manifesto to some, um, maybe directly or indirectly to Steven Crowder. Um, and we've talked about that. I'm not a huge personal fan, but this was a really good thing that he did bringing this story to light because we were we were waiting for months and months and months. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, local government has been fighting against releasing it. They've been fighting the effort to, to figure out what was this person's mind like. We want to know what motivated them, what what made them tick. R- really, we want to know we want to get inside of their 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 mind and their heart so we can understand how this kind of horrific act could occur. And instead of going after you know, the actual, I guess you can't go after the shooter now, but instead of uh, rewarding the person who leaked this or trying to bring mm-hmm. this, you know, to the public and, and own the story, they're going to punish the whistleblower, um, which mm-hmm. is just so, so twisted and so sick. It's, it's, it's just so mind boggling to me to watch progressives increasingly protect criminals, but you see mm-hmm. it happening all over the country. And well, for a variety of reasons, right? I mean, uh, you know, while bodies still lay bleeding out, there's always a rush when there's a shooting to push for gun control. Yep. So that's, yep. of course, at the top of, of the reason for why they would not want to release the manifesto. They don't want the American people, I think you mentioned this last night, to connect the dots between motivation and the shooting. They want you to, to they want you to believe that it's it's the gun that's the issue, not the mental health. And they also certainly don't want you to connect the dots that there's a mental health issue with trans people. 
You're supposed to believe that they're victims and that and that and they're that uh, it, it, that if they get transgender treatments, that they're suddenly going to be happy and that if they don't get transgender treatments uh, in terms of chemical castration, hacking off their body parts, they're going to commit suicide. You're not supposed to connect the dots that the reality is, is that these people are the ones that commit suicide after they've either begun or finished treatments. You're not supposed to also realize that there's any kind of pedophilia connection going on. And I think I'm the only one that really sees the pedophilia connection here with this transgender shooter in this manifesto. There's something particularly perverse that this woman, everybody's kind of talking about the anti-white thing. Nobody's really, besides me, really hitting hard on the fact that this person was talking about these nine-year-old children in a sexual manner. And that that was part of the motivation for killing them. She mentioned the boys' body parts and killing them. She mentioned it explicitly. She mentioned their sexuality in a particularly graphic, scurrilous way, using a, using a, a name and a term that is nobody's allowed to use, and yet she used it. There, that to me is probably the number one reason why they wanted this manifesto withheld. But it's my, I'm also hearing that the FBI is hiding 20 journals, laptops, all kinds of information about this shooter. Wow. That it's beyond just just the fact there was this one manifesto, that there's a lot more going on here that they're continuing to hide. And I think that's one of the reasons why they're punishing this, this whistleblower, because they're wondering now what else they might want to be choosing to reveal. Your thoughts? This whole situation just, it's... <laughs> It's just so disturbing to me. Um, and I'm glad that you – that's a very interesting point, the sort of sexualization, pornification of modern culture. Um, and if you're right, and it's, I'm, I'm willing to bet that you are based on that manifesto, then we're not just protecting criminals. Well, we, the Democrats here, uh, are also protecting pedophiles and groomers and the LGBTQ mm-hmm. rainbow mafia. Um and it's it's unfortunate because for so many reasons, it's inherently wrong, obviously, but I just cannot believe that the party that's always talking about mass shootings has nothing to say about a tragic, devastating, mm-hmm. uh, easily preventable instance. Um, and a lot like Islamic Jihad, this, this kind of stuff is going to keep happening and in places where we have low security, high trust society mm-hmm. because criminals know they can go in there and that's a soft target. That's what they're looking for. Well, yeah, People that are trusting like, communities right. that are close knit because that's how they go in and maximize their damage and become household names. And then the media reports on those shooters and makes them celebrities and inspires future generations of sick, twisted minds who will go out and do the same thing for the same promise of glory. And the shooter went down literally at the crime scene. And that's the that's their shooters end goal. It's to go out in that kind mm-hmm. of sick, twisted for them. It's glory. It's like go, it's mm-hmm. like a war. It's like a soldier in World War Two going out in battle, defending what they think is right um, and fighting the enemy because there is anti-white, mm-hmm. anti-Christian. And also maybe w- with what you're saying, some desire to rob children of their childhood innocence, which is something you see a lot with the grooming of children. That's what it is, is we can talk to kids when they're three years old about sex. There is no such thing as childhood innocence right here in California. That's what Katie Porter saying. So maybe that's mm-hmm. what's going on here, too. 
We're going to keep, all we can do is keep fighting and keep bringing the truth to the American people every night. Right, Sesame Broccolini? Wrap us up tonight. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. AK, thank you. Um, please, everybody, reach out to us anytime you want. Um, always send us the inside scoop or the latest. Uh, this is DJ Sesame Broccolini. Again, AK, thank you so much for a wonderful show. Um, and everybody, this should be an uplifting thing because we can fight as long as we're still here and as long as we still have each other. We can fight, and I'd like to think the long arc of history bends toward justice. So keep fighting. Carry your sword. All right. Peace out. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.